And so if you're sloppy, your range of motion is not going to be good. You know, like there's in the, the device that I use the majority of the time with my teams, you can set a range of motion. So I can set a range of motion for their squats. If they're half squatting, guess what? It's not going to pick up their rep. They're going to come up to me and say, it only picked up two of my five reps. I'm going to say, well, that's because you have squatted on three. So go back and do it again. You know? And they begin to understand that. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chest. Before going into the episode, I want to thank our sponsors, starting with the DOYSC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength and conditioning, whether that's CSCS prep, GA or internship opportunities, or even live discussions. They are a resource for young coaches to take advantage of. I will put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder. Team Builder is the software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with the elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. T-Bows is full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16-plus reports, evaluation testing, goal setting, to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with team builders and house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. So please be sure to like, rate, subscribe, and even share this podcast with a fellow coach or a fellow in iron. I'm your host, John Mark Raspberry, current straight coach over at Ball for Central High School. I'm here with uh, Mark Hoover today. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and uh, we can get rolling with the episode. Hey, appreciate you having me on, man. This is this is really cool. Um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, well, I'm Mark Hoover. I uh, am the I actually just in going through a transition in my career. I'm uh, I'm the director of athletic development for uh, uh, um, Metrolina Christian Academy in Indian Trail, North Carolina. I just job I just um, uh, switched it over to. Um, I've been at York Comprehensive for the last six years before this. Um, I also am working with uh, Simply Faster, the company Simply Faster, kind of um, coach to coach relations, I guess. It's, it's you know, when coaches, I, I, I get to test out all these products and, and uh, all this cool stuff. And then when coaches need help or they want to, you know, reach out and say, hey, you know, I want to talk to someone that's used five or six different VBT devices, you know, which one's the best one for me. So um, they reached out to me, uh, Oh, about six months ago and said, Hey, uh, we'd like to uh, get more of your time than just, you know, a few hours a week. And in order to do that, I had to, uh, I had to give up my position at York because it's just, it's, I was driving hundred miles round trip. So that's when I was able to uh, jump on here at, at Metrolina Christian Academy. So that's all kind of happened in the last month or so. So it's exciting. That's pretty awesome, Mark. So yeah. give the listeners kind of a background about you if they don't know who you are. You know, yeah. I'll, there's a, there's plenty of people that know about you, but um, give the listeners yeah. just a little bit of background about yourself and Absolutely. your, your, so, your road to strength conditioning. So it's a little bit, probably a little bit different than some, um, although maybe not um, anymore. I uh, actually started as a football coach. Um, I, I actually have, you know, I couldn't, I was one of those professional students when I was younger. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. I, I was in communications uh, and public relations for a while uh, it, as a degree. I got a degree in that. Then I went back, decided to, I wanted to coach. So I went back and got uh, a degree in history <laughs> and uh, started coaching football and teaching history. And then uh, kind of even before that, when I was still in college and, and, uh, uh, right after I got, I was a graduate assistant at Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania for a couple of years. And then uh, right before that and right after that, while I was still uh, at school, in school, I was coaching football at the local high schools. And when you're the big guy on the staff in the late 90s and before that, you know, they kind of say, hey, why don't you run the weight room? You know, you played you played football and you uh, you look like you lift weights. So you're qualified to run our weight room. You know, it's still that way in a lot of places, but it was, that was standard in, in the late nineties, mid to late nineties. So that's kind of how I got in the weight room. And, you know, I 
really kind of rolled on that path. I, I mean, I was coordinators. I, I coached offensive line almost everywhere I was. Um, head football coach for different couple of different times, and still, you know, pretty much doing the weight room. And uh, you get to a point where you kind of think, well, I've got this down, you know, because I think one of the big misconceptions is you're good at your job as a strength conditioning coach if you have strong kids, you know, and that is literally the most ordinary thing that you could like, that's the easiest part of this job is to make kids strong. I mean, they don't even have to lift weights and they're going to get stronger just because they're growing. So that's kind of a false sense of security there. And, uh, but I felt I was good at that in my mind. So, you know, I was kind of rolling along with that. Like a lot of people, I was, I was kind of a, I'm a reformed meat. I'm still a little bit of a meathead, but I'm a reformed meathead um, for the most part. And I was like that for a long time. And uh, then luckily I was coaching at West Forsyth High School in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And a head coach came and said, hey, you're, you're pretty good at this, but I want you to really embrace this and learn about this. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Well, we had Ethan Reeve, who is a legendary, in my mind, strength coach. He was at Wake Forest. He's He's retired. I think he's working for Mondo Flooring. Um, we still, I still keep in communication with him. I'll see him in May. I'm going to speak up at their clinic in Tennessee. But um, we, his son played on our JV football team. So we had access to Wake Forest. And the school was like, absolutely, you know, just one over there. So I walked in, as I told people all the time, I walked into the weight room there because Ethan's office was, he took his desk out into the weight room. He didn't stay in his office. When I sat down and started talking to him, it didn't take me very long to realize that what I thought I had known about strength conditioning as a football coach was about 50% wrong for one thing and only about one-tenth or one-hundredth percent of what I needed to know just from that initial conversation with Ethan. And that led to me really uh, – Kind of letting, I mean, uh, he allowed me to kind of be a fly on the wall there. He took me under his wing. It was more of a mentorship than a than an internship because I wasn't officially an intern. But I went up there and I, so for about two years, I was I was I was getting a bum around with him all the time. And that day that I walked out of there, I mean, I walked in that room thinking, I got strong guys. I can, I've been strong. I can make guys strong. Blah 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 blah. And I walked out saying, I have no idea what I'm doing because you don't know what you don't know. And that is one of the biggest limiting factors in any, in anything, any field, any career, any job. You don't know what you don't know. And you get an arrogance and an ego in thinking, well, we won football games. We went, we went nine and two last year. So I must know what I'm doing when that is. There's so little correlation. People argue with that. That is crap. There's so little correlation between what you do as a strength conditioning coach and the wins on the field because there's just too many factors. You assist in all those factors. But, you know, anyone that says you're not a great strength conditioning coach if your team aren't winning have either never coached at um, a place that didn't have great athletes or have never coached high school sports because there's just too many factors that play into that. So, but that was my mindset too. That is just, you don't know what you don't know. And that's a huge weakness. So that made me a lot stronger, a lot growth, more growth minded, just hang around with Ethan. And then that led me to pursue my further education, certifications and different things. And, you know, that's a whole nother big Twitter argument, you know, about certifications, which are really pointless, but, you know, like, I mean, that's a whole, we won't get into that, but anyway, you, you still got to have some, at least something to show that you've, you've, you've spent some time at, um, for the most part, but anyway, and then I coached football for about another seven, eight, nine years, maybe, and getting more and more into the, you know, different aspects of it. And then uh, I believe after the 2014 season, I was at Piedmont high school, uh, school my daughter graduated from um and i uh i just had had enough of football you know i wasn't interested i was more interested in 
working with the volleyball team, working with the wrestling team and not having to, you know, worry about what, you know, the X's and O's. There are some people um, that can be outstanding strength conditioning and at football. Those people are very few and far between. There's a lot of people that think they are, but I can assure you most are not. Um, it's hard to be a master of two completely opposite, you know, uh, jobs. So I was, I was faced with, I can be pretty good at football and pretty good at strength conditioning, or I can give up football and be the best possible version of me as a strength conditioning coach. So that's what I did. And, uh, at the time, I believe I was the first public school strength conditioning coach that didn't coach any sports in North Carolina. They just kind of created a position. They didn't create much pay, but they created a position. And uh, one thing led to another. And then I ended up uh, in 2017 at, at York. And then here I am now. Long-winded as always. Man, Mark, that, that's completely awesome. So I just want to highlight a couple of things that um, that you said there. One being that Getting kids strong is the easiest part of our job. It really is. It's, not it's even, really. It's not even a skill. No, it's not. I was sitting there like, yeah, that makes hundred percent sense because, like, yeah, you know, uh, I got a freshman kid right now, and he's never touched weight in his life. He's like, I think soaking wet, hundred pounds. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think he's gone through puberty at all yet. And yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, he's just making gains left and right. You know, I can throw him a ten pound dumbbell, and he can be. Perfectly on his way to getting stronger and getting bigger. So, I mean, uh, yeah, getting strong is the easiest part of the job. But also to highlight the fact that you're a football coach and then transition into that almost – well, not trans – yeah, transition into that role yeah. of being a strength coach. I mean, like, that's something I think a lot of younger coaches are starting to realize. Um, me being myself is – one of those as well. I coached football the last about three or four years, and mm -hmm. um, I, I can kind of start to, you know, see your perspective too because I'm kind of going through that right now because, like, I'm getting to a point to where, like, I, I don't hate football. I, yeah. I've played it for 13 I years. I, I mean, I love it. I respect the coaches that coach it, and I've coached offensive line, done special teams, long snaps, like, whatever. But at the same time, like, I love the weight room more. I love speed and agility and, mm -hmm. you know, learning plyometrics and learning conjugate and learning French contrast. I love that stuff more than learning the X and O's of football, Yeah, which I, I played it's, third. Yeah. So it's, I, just, I look at it like this, you know, and I, 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 I think I posted this. I told a buddy of mine this because I hear this all the time, man. I get frustrated. Guys call me up. My football coach is wanting me to do this crazy stuff. And, and it sounds like you're picking on football, but, you're not one. I did it. I've been in those, I've been football for 20 years, you know, so I get it. So I'm coming from a place of understanding, but it football is just what drives the strength conditioning field in high school sports. It just does. And in college, I mean, it's, it's that people want to maybe say some other things, but football drives it. That's those, the football coaches, the most important people to get on board with strength conditioning in the building. Cause then, you know, so, but anyway, I told my buddy what the last guy called. I said, look, man, you need to you need to tell him that there's no possible way that him being a full-time football coach and you being a full-time uh, strength conditioning coach, that he could be better at his job and your job than you are at just your job. Not because of brains or talent or anything else, but when he's thinking about football, which is the mo majority of the time, you're thinking about strength conditioning athletic development, athletic performance. When he's thinking about athletic performance, you're also still thinking about athletic performance. So just do the math. If you're a football coach that thinks about strength conditioning four hours a week, you cannot possibly be better at your job than someone that can think about it seriously and is, is talented in the field uh, 16 hours a day like we do. It's just, that's not a slap on any, you know, I know this because I lived it. I lived it. When I coached football, I knew nothing in reality to what I know now. And the only reason I know what I know now, and I'm so far behind, like, like every day 
uh, I'm realizing that I, I just don't know enough. It's, 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 a, it's a daunting task. The day you realize that you don't know what you need to know is the last day you feel comfortable with what you know. It just is. And I think that happens when you coach a sport and that's your main focus. You just can't possibly unleash yourself. There, I'm not saying 100% across the board because I got a good buddy down in South Carolina named Donnie Kiefer that's excellent at both. I can't count three or four more people off the top of my head that are as good at, at, as he is at both. They're a unicorn. So, you know, that's what I, that's what I tell, you know, people is, is, is it's not a knock on any sport coach. It's just do the math. You got to coach sports. You can't think about what I, you know, if, you know, when you're at practice, you're coaching, you're coaching the guys. And that's why I'd be a terrible football coach right now, because when I'm at practice, I'm watching gate. I'm watching guys and I'm looking at how they're moving. I'm looking at their, if, you know, how their feet are coming down. It's you know, like, it's just a whole, I would be absolutely terrible coaching football because the coach would be like, Hey, what, what the left tackle just right there? And I'd be like, I don't know, but that the, the quarterback, something's going on with this big toe, you know, it would be like, you know, that would be, I mean, a goofy example, but so, yeah, I think, and I'm not trying to, you know, I know people are going to like take this the wrong way, but it's just, you know, you don't go to a dentist when you break your arm, you know, the dentist could give you general medical advice, but he's not going to be able to get into the weeds of that specific injury because that's not his specialty, you know? And, and that's kind of the same thing. You just, it's, it's, uh, it's just, all right, I'll step off my, my, uh, my box right now, but, but I, I don't even remember what has got us on that, but, but I, I hate that people think that that's, that I'm trying to like bash a coach. Cause I'm not really, I'm just saying you have a linebacker coach to coach your linebackers. You have a running backs coach to coach your running backs. The head coach has to know enough about all those positions to be knowledgeable, but there's a reason you don't coach all the positions yourself. And there's no difference in strength condition. I agree there because like that's a lot of stress on one person. Because yes. if you if you want a efficient program, whether that's in the football, you know, talking about just sports in general, yeah. or if you're talking about just having a quality strength program. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot of time and energy and effort and stress that goes into just making those plans. So mm-hmm. like, why would you not have someone specialized in yeah. strength mm-hmm. conditioning, not have someone specialized in offensive line, defensive line, yeah. special teams? Yeah. Like it, it, it makes sense. And we, I mean, we do poke fun at football coaches because one, like you said, it's the driving factor in strength conditioning. It really is yeah. because everything mm-hmm. runs through football. Almost, almost everything runs through football. Yeah, if not, it's part. the big. If not, it's the big three: basketball, baseball, yeah. or football. So, in general, when you watch Twitter and the weight rooms they're showing coming out of Texas and coming out of South Carolina, for just as example, those weight rooms weren't built for the the sport that doesn't. You know, like they, they were built for football. And I, people will take offense to that, but in the, just the way it is, just the way it is. That's why you look at some states and the facilities they have. You know, I have buddies up, you know, like even in North Carolina, like we, our weight room is so small. Why is South Carolina so different? Well, in South Carolina, football is king, you know, and in North Carolina, it's just one of the, one of the royal members you know it's not the king you know and that's and, and that reflect look at texas you know look at uh georgia look at and then if you look at some of the places even in in places that aren't traditional football powerhouses the schools that have the great facilities that's probably driven by the by the football you know staff but anyway so yeah you know the All other right. one i just thought was uh dan victor he's a head football coach and he, but he never sleeps, I don't think. So, you know, he's, but Dan Victor's another one that's a head football coach and a great strength coach. But, but anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're, no, you're all good. I, you're pointing out some quality stuff, man, and shouting out some people that need to be shouted out. So that's completely awesome there. Um, so we want to go and go ahead to this first segment. So try yeah. basic tricks and tips. This is where you're giving us a trick or a tip that you 
experience or discovered in your own experience as a coach. So this could be in the weight room, this could be in Google Sheets, the field, the court, just something to help other coaches. Trips and um well that's a wide that's a wide open question right there. <laughs> um well I would say that um probably the biggest tip slash trick that's that's affected things the most for our programming that I've done. And it kind of is a really transferable piece from the weight room to the field, in my opinion, is the use of isometrics, all kinds of isometrics. And not just as a, you know, like, hey, we're going to do a negative today. You know, like, no, or, you know, and then we're going to pause at the bottom, just randomly throw out. We're going to do a negative pause at the bottom. That is an eccentric and an isometric, but truly, um, joint specific isometric holds using them with as time under tension for the volume, you know, like a thought out and that could be a whole, whole nother podcast, but a thought out plan of using isometrics, not just in a, we do, we're, I'm a very triphasic, you know, uh, Cal Dietz is like the guru as far as I'm concerned, but, uh, um, we, so we do the, but also just within your everyday programming, find places to do, you know, like spring ankle, that's isometrics. Um, there's never a bad time to do uh, isometric split squats in your warm up, you know, like, and try to get your kids up to a minute. Um, or, you know, and uh, so I think, and like going deep into it, like Alex Natera's isometric course deep, like where he breaks down the different training, the band, the time bands and all the different, all the, all the things. So you can use that, not just as a, Hey, we're going to do isometrics on our squats for the next two weeks, just like Cal does, but so that you can understand the whys of it and use it in very specific spots with very specific joint angles that help transfer, you know, find the weak spot of your athlete in whatever exercise you're doing, whatever, you know, and attack that with isometrics and it's going to strengthen that spot and that's going to improve the, the performance overall. And then some of the sprint based isometrics that, that Chris Corpus, um, Cal, uh, Alex Natera, again, I can't say enough about Alex Natera. I cannot wait. One of these days I'm going to meet Alex Natera, but <laughs> um, he's in Australia or New Zealand. I can't remember which one, but uh, um, I took his course and did some, message it back and forth with them fabulous resource on isometrics but that would that's what i would say like dive into the the weeds of isometrics not just the basics the basics are great but all the different ways to teach how to push and where to put your toe and you know where you where you want your you know your foot located or your hand located in different all that stuff because it opens up a lens and you start looking through this lens of, all right, he's shaking a little bit at this joint angle. I can improve that by just putting him in a, in a, um, overcoming us metric, you know? So that would be my tip. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you know who he is, but you probably do. Brandon pig. He's the oh, one yes. that really, good buddies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. really the one that uh, kind of pushed for those isometrics for tendon health and for, yeah. you know, looking at the longevity of the athlete. So um, Cal, big shout out to, yeah. Cal Dietz uh, said, I've heard him say multiple times. And of course, Chris Corvus, the same thing that there's no faster way to change the composition of, of tissue than by using heavy and isometrics. And uh, I've seen it personally on myself. You know, I know it's anecdotal because I'm not doing any, you know, research of anything, but um, I'm going to give me some force plates at some point and then I will be able to do that. But right now that's not, I don't have that one yet. Um, but just on myself and some of the, you know, I had that shoulder surgery six weeks ago and I've really been focusing on, I focus on isometrics before. I've been focused on isometrics in my rehab. And, when, you know, when I went to the doctor yesterday for my six week, he said, this is unbelievable. You're like two months ahead. 
He was like, I think six more weeks, we'll probably be able to release the uh, full range of motion. My strength's good. I mean, just, you know, you again, it's anecdotal, but what was I doing different than the other people that I was rehabbing with? I was really focusing on finding out what isometric I safely do at what point and, and doing it. So that's a biggie, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Uh, going into the next segment. So we're talking about our heavy training topic, which obviously we had discussions before, and it's the velocity-based training system that yeah. I think you've really have um, mastered even and shared it you know, on social media and have talked about it a lot. And you're talking to a coach that has not been introduced to that. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I have no idea about VBT systems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen it on social media. I've seen yeah. it just, um, you know, it, it's just game changer for programs. And I, I've talked about it a couple times with some other people, but I never really dive deep into it. So, yeah. you know, for coaches like me, what is VBT and how can it be implemented into a strength program? So I can't even start talking about VBT without mentioning Dr. Brian Mann. Um, I've, again, never met him face to face. I was down close to that area that, that last week and I thought, man, it would be cool to go down there, but I just, I never reached out. But I started following his stuff, when, with, started with his APRE stuff and just rolled into VBT. And that's really what got me. I bought my first VBT device in 2014. So I've been using it for, you know, I think velocity-based training is is really just a way to um, measure bars, you know, the velocity of the bar to ensure that the athlete is training in an optimal manner for that day. Um, there's all kinds of uses for it. Um, it's funny. I was literally just, uh, I'm doing a, a presentation. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. There, you can um, immediate objective feedback. You can enhance competition room. Um, you can use the said principle specific adaptation to impose demands, drive intent, educate the athlete. There's all these different things that, that come from it. But basically what it is, is there's a correlation between um, uh, percentage and uh, velocity of the bar. And the velocity is going to be able to be measured on a rep to rep basis where if you're using a one rep max, you're guessing. I mean, it's an educated guess, but um, you could you could bench max on Monday, and the following Monday, there's a good chance that that's an invalid number. You're close. You're probably close, but you know, it's it might it could change. You know. Uh, the study I was just looking at, and it's one of many, I'm sure, but said up to 18% per day, your max can change based on how you're feeling, how much sleep, how much recovery, how you ate, how, you know, the, your stress levels, all these different things. So if you're using one rep max, you're taking an educated guess. You know, you're probably going to get there eventually. You know, it's not going to be that that far off, but you're still, you're jumping in the car and I'm driving to your house you give me your address and I say, I'm just going to start driving West and we'll get there. You know, like, you know, uh, whereas a VBT is more of a kind of having a GPS unit in your car, you just plug in the address and go. So you, you, if you're working uh, and there's all kinds of different ways to do it. Uh, I started using, and th- that could be a whole other podcast too. There's ranges for strength, for, uh, strength, speed, for accelerated strength, for, uh, speed strength there's all these different you know kind of surf the force velocity curve but you can program in ranges so if i was gonna you know roughly say we were going to be in the strength range which is 85 percent or or above you would probably start about 0.5 meters per second approximately it's a little bit different but um and then to start adding or dropping down velocity to get closer to uh, what your one rep max velocity would be. Um, if you wanted to work on accelerated strength, which is, you know, we do that a lot with, with our offensive linemen. That's, and we do that a lot, I, almost exclusively with our trap bar deadlifts. I use accelerated strength 
because it's heavy enough that they struggle just a little bit to get it off the floor, but they can really move it. Um, so it's just a way to, to make sure that you're, it's hard to break this down in just a couple of minutes, but it's just a way to make sure that you're training what you want to train, you know, like, what do I want to train today? Well, if you're using, you know, a rep based one rep max system, you're kind of taking an educated guess, which is fine. It's been done. You know, it's, it's all over the place. We haven't fired up the VBT devices yet at MCA. We're just, we're getting ready to, we're slowly introducing them. So they're still using percentages right now close, but it's just a way to train in the optimal spot for each athlete. Um, then there's all these other little branches that come off about intent and, um, you know, the, the, how fast you move the bar. You know, I could tell you that after a couple of years, the kids understand this, the faster you move the bar, the more weight you're going to be allowed to lift. And that meets the kids where they are because we care about volume. We care about uh, intensity uh, or bar speed to develop power. We care all these things that kids don't care. You start talking about that to the kids and they don't care. They want to know how much can I lift? So we tell them, Hey, you can put whatever you want on there, but you can't drop below 0.35 meters per second. And when you do, that's all you can lift. So then they start lifting and they're like, I think I'm stronger than that. All right. Move the bar faster. The faster you move, the higher velocity is going to be. If you can get, if you can get that weight up to 0.5, guess what? You can have more weight. Well, then the kids start to figure out, well, I got to move the bar fast in order to be as strong as I want to be. And next thing you know, even when they're not training with VBT, they're just flying with their warm-up sets. You know, I mean, it, it just, it, it trains them to be, and you know, this whole thing about VBT ruining their technique, that's a load of crap too, man. I mean, your job is to coach the kids, coach them up. If they're moving the bar, the other thing is that's, that's someone that says that is an experience in VBT because <clears throat> you need to have a proper bar path and a proper technique in order to maximize the velocity as it, you know, and so if you're sloppy, your range of motion is not going to be good. You know, like there's in the, the device that I use the majority of the time, like teams, you can set a range of motion. So I can set a range of motion for their squats. If they're half squatting, guess what? It's not going to pick up their rep. They're going to come up to me and say, it only picked up two of my five reps. I'm going to say, well, that's because you have squatted on three of them. So go back and do it again, you know? And they begin to understand that. Um, so it's just a tool, man. You know, it's like anything else. It's just a tool. The tool is the purpose of a tool is to make your job or whatever task you have easier. And I can tell you 100% VBT makes your job easier. The kids stop talking about <clears throat> this is, I've had this conversation with guys after they've been using for a while. The biggest battle you have, especially with my football guys is, Hey, I want 70% for three or 65% for three. And they're like, well, that's dumb. I can do this 12, 15 times. I want you to do it three. Well, that's, I'm going to add weight. So that's more because they're always thinking, well, start using VBT. The kids start to become educated and they understand. Oh, I see. We're working on something specific. So just do what the device tells you to do. And those arguments go away for the most part. It's just, it's a tool. And that's awesome. And yeah. especially when you're talking about like educating kids into realizing yeah. like, well, I think I'm this strong, and that that normally with high school boys, because yeah. they they think they're stronger than what they really are, and they think they're really mm -hmm. faster than what they are really are, and so yeah. having something that tells them like, no, nah, dude, you, know, you you're not really that strong, or you're not moving the bar as fast as you think you are, you, you know, you're not that strong. You need to go yeah. back and kind of realize <laughs> a couple of things. You need to take a couple steps yes. back, and, and then you, know, you, you start to educate them on lifestyle too, because. You know, the, the, the device I use for our teams, a node, it's a node pro. Now it was VMAX pro, but it builds a load velocity, force velocity profile for the whole, for every lift that they do. So it gives them a one rep max after every single set. 
it gives them a projected what their projected current one rep max is. So the kids that come in and they'll have their previous one rep max on their on the iPad, say it's 235. And they in there and they're they're doing their warm-up sets and their max drops. Coach, my max drop. Well, we're moving the bar as fast as you possibly can. Well, let me try. So the second set, boom, boom. It's still down. Let's move the bar as fast as I can. All right. How much sleep did you get last night? What's going on? You know, like start to, and then they're like, so, you know, your central nervous system is going to be primed by all these things that you do the other 23 hours of the day. So if you come in and your max is down, they're going to start to learn. Not, not, all, not all of them care, but some of them do. Some of them do. Um, I've had kids watching to me recently, well, when, right before I left York and say, coach, I got like nine hours of sleep last night. You wait and see what my squat max looks like on the, on the VBT, you know? And it's just, so it's, 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 it's just a tool and the kids can, can just learn so many lessons from it. And they also begin to learn that, that, and there's a lot of adults that need to learn this, that your actual one rep max day max means almost nothing when it comes to performance, because the kid would, you know, so we would still do that at York football. You know, you don't want to take that one rep max out day is fun, you know, for football, for my other sports, they didn't care for football. We kept doing it because it was fun. So up on the board up there and say, coach, this isn't fair. I can squat 400 pounds. And this thing says I can squat 355. I'm like, well, the day you did that 400 pounds, you came in, we had a DJ playing music. You had a we fed you before the workout. Everybody was standing around. The football coach is slapping you on the back and, and everybody's screaming and yelling your name and your buddies were calling you names if you didn't get it. You were all hyped up. <clears throat> so we're going to call that your expression, Max, because guess what? The following squat day that you have, you're just going to have to come into school, get in the rack with your buddies and do your workout. No one's going to be, you know, slapping you on the back and screaming and yelling you it's it's that's so your expression max has a lot to do with your environment this is the what the what your vbt max is is actually what you can lift today and that's the only thing that matters is what you can lift in this moment so it's just a tool yeah that's awesome that's really awesome mark um you know coming from someone that's never used it and never really taken a look at that that creates great intent for a program, for a a student, for an athlete, Mm -hmm. for coaches, even, I mean, like that, that creates such a great intent for them. Um, So I want to go off on that as well. So um, what system do you use for VPT? Is there a particular system? Because I know there's uh, perch, there's uh, gym aware. I think there's a couple other ones. What do you use? You're fishing off the, off the, the deep end right there with perch and gym work. Cause those are awesome systems. I've never used perch and elite form are camera based. So, you know, I just had a good buddy of mine reached out the other day and said, Hey, what system do you recommend for VBT? And I start telling them, cause I, I have gym aware, Vitru, rep one, the node pro, which is VMAX pro. Uh, I have flex. I've used push. I've used, uh, I, I can't remember. I have uh, output. I have an output. So um, I've used them all and, and trained with kids with them all. So I start talking about, well, here's the one I used, and this is why. And we can talk about it in a minute. But he said, no, no, I was thinking about perch or elite form. And I said, well, then I'm not even going to try to convince you to buy these four or $500 systems. Like if you can get a, you know, a camera system. And I've never been involved in a camera system, so I'm sure that there's pros and cons. But it looks pretty awesome. It's just um, – the cost of that is prohibitive for, for me. So the gym aware is kind of considered the gold standard. You know, I know a lot of people like Tendo. It's kind of an output machine. Um, if you're just looking for outputs, I'm sure it's fine. Um, gym aware is a fabulous, fabulous. I mean, that's kind of like the, the, the top level, as far as I'm concerned, one that's definitely the, the, the most uh, uh, in-depth one that I've used. But the problem I have with that and with the other um, 
tether-based systems, the output gym or whatever is, they're more or less just giving you um, numbers saying, here's the velocity, here's our power output. Well, in order to use that successfully with the kids, you have to then teach them how to live, how to use VBT. And you have to teach them what the range is and teach them. So it's good. That's why people kind of say, ah, it's a little bit too advanced. I don't have enough advanced kids. Well, because the advanced kids are going to get all that stuff. They're going to get understand the ranges. They're going to look at the sheet. They're going to do it right. When I did ranges like that, I, I answered questions the whole workout. Kids come up, hey, I did five at point six five. You want me at point five? How much weight do you need to add? And I said, well, look at the chart up there on the wall. I put a chart on your rack. Look at it. Well, yeah, but I you know, so I was a, uh, when VMAS Pro came along, it started off kind of like that. But then a couple of years ago, they updated to where it builds those profiles. So if you use the, the other devices, you have to go through a whole, you have to build a profile for every athlete on every, you know, it's like you do 30% and then 50%. And then, you know, you kind of figure it out. Long drawn out process. VMAX Pro and Node Pro does it for you. And it gives the kids a suggestion based on the workout you put in. That's why I use it. It's auto-regulatory. So I don't have to teach the kids anything about VBT. Nothing. They'll learn just because, you know, the curiosity. But now, instead of saying, all right, you're at this range. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. All they have to do is I put the workouts in on Sunday. The kids do them. If it's five sets of five at 80%, because you, you can put percentages in or you can put a velocity. And so say five sets of five at 0.5 meters per second. The kids are going to do their warm up sets. It's going to predict their readiness and their strength at that lift at that moment in time. And it's going to adjust the load each set to get them to the, to the target velocity or the drop, whatever you put in there. So now all the kids have to do is hit suggested load. They don't have to ask any questions. Coach, it says 205 and lift it. Okay. You know, so that's so uh, for my for my high school team athletes, I use a node pro, which is is was VMAX Pro, but they changed. Um, it's an IMU, hooks to the bar, doesn't have a tether. So a lot of people, you know, there's plenty of research that, that it's it's high performing and for the most part, I talked to a lot of people that miss reps, things like that. In my experience, I hate to sound negative about it, but 99% of the people that don't like VMAX Pro don't know how to use VMAX Pro. <laughs> and that's so because it isn't, you know, and for those people, I recommend they go to the Vitru because Vitru is awesome. I mean, it really is good. It just isn't the tool that I want. I want auto regulation. I don't want the kids to see a range. If you want the kids to see a range and, and, and it's turnkey, Vitru's the thing. I want to use VMAX Pro. They can jump. It gives all kinds of any type of data you want with it. Um, you can get, uh, they can broad jump and it won't give them the distance of the horizontal jump, but it'll give them all the metrics like rate of force development, peak power on a broad jump. You know, um, it, you can do uh, what Tony Hall calls invisible box jumps where they're just bouncing four or five bounces as high as they can, kind of an impulse jump. We wear for those and we got an average of two inches height per kid from set one to set two, just by showing them the, uh, the number on the iPad as they jumped, it, dro it drove a tent. So VMAX Pro is a little bit more, in depth in node pro i should say in depth as far as it's a it's built to be a system not just an output machine whereas vitrube uh rep one some of the other ones they're built just to be an output machine for the most part which is fine um if you came to me and said and reb brock down in texas to this to the uh he sat down he said coach i want vbt but he said i don't want to use it for all my athletes i've got four or five division one football players that i want to be able to just say do this, take the device, go over there. Here's your workout, knock yourself out. They're, they're already, they're seniors. They're, they're getting ready for college football. I said, then, then VMAX Pro is not for you. You need a Vitru because, or a gym aware, or, you know, like a rep one, any of those things are great. Or, you know, depending on what price you want, because that's what you can do. Hook into the bar and go. 
you know, uh, another good buddy of mine, Cody Hughes, that's, that's what he liked about that. He didn't like the VMAX Pro because it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit more in-depth. He just wants to hook it to the bar and go, you know. And if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get the same data that you're going to get from a, from a Node Pro, but you're going to get what you want. So that's kind of the recommendation, recommendations I make. I use, for me personally, well, I can't right now because my shoulder, but as soon as I can start lifting again, I'm a gym aware. I use the gym aware. It's a, because I don't have to adjust. I mean, in my mind, I can do it. Like I know based on, I've been doing it for so long that I know based on exactly what that number is, what weight I need to go to next. You know, you can do the cluster sets. There's all kinds of great stuff. But when I'm in a room with 20 to 40 kids, VMAX pros with the bomb. That's awesome. And that's yeah. something that I think like coaches need to consider when getting into VPT and one to you know, invest in that for their program because yeah. whatever you want is, I mean, what you're going to get. I mean, if you yeah. want something that's going to just plug in and go and just keep rolling. I'm I work for Simply Faster now. So you would think that they would want me to recommend just their products. I mean, obviously they do. But one of their big things to me was we're going to send you all the products so you know all of them so that you can actually – they don't want someone to buy a Node Pro or Gymaware from or Flex from Simply Faster and be unhappy because then they're not going to go Simply Faster or anything else, you know? So that's why they send me the timing systems, the BBT, the jump mats. I'm, I'm, I've tested them all so that I can direct the coaches to the right spot. And that's pretty cool. And, and they actually, like, they reinforce that. They, they, like, find out what the coach needs for their situation and get them into the right system, even if it's not ours. So that's kind of what I help them do. Always helping to push that profession forward. Hey, that's, that's completely, that's, that's awesome, Mark. That's awesome. So kind of wrapping up things for you on the VPT aspect. Yeah. So um, you get all this data, right? And then you want to prevent, or not prevent, you want to present it to a football coach or a sport coach, whatever. Mm -hmm. How do you drive or present that information to like a football coach or to like a sport yeah. coach to where they understand and they want to buy in into that system? Yeah. So specifically with a node pro, they love the daily one rep max. That's what, so I track a daily one rep max on all their major lifts and I put it into our athletic management system and the football coach can sit there and look. They were 225, they were 227.5, they were 220, they were 231, 233, 229, and you can kind of watch the ebb and flow. And how I initially really pushed it with our football coach, York, was you're going to be able to know what's going on with the athlete. Are they dogging it? Because if they're dogging it, guess what their projected winner at max is going to do? It's going to drop if they're not using the right load and the right velocities. So if your projected one rep max is 227.4 and you get 187.6, we're going to have a conversation because you're either injured or you're lazy, you know, or something else is going on that, 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 you know, it's crazy, man. You know, when 15, 16 year old male is going through girl troubles and I know that's kind of cliche going through girl troubles. That's good for about 15 pound drop from the one rep max. I, I'm just telling you, it's anecdotal, but I guarantee you if I did a research study, <laughs> that would be hard to do because you don't know. But when they come in, just like, oh man, you know, what's going on with so and so over there? Yeah, him and his girl, they got, you know, she's, she, you know, I'm telling you, they're, it's good for a 15 pound drop. But so you see that and you tell the football coach, like, hey, I'm going to send this to you every day after the workout. And you go in there and look and see what every single guy's doing every single week. You don't have to wait for every eight weeks to do their one rep max, which maybe they're feeling good that day and maybe they're not. Like, oh, my max went down five pounds. That doesn't mean anything to me. You know, that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, it, it, it's it's because it's so uh, individualized and environment-based. So um, the other thing is you can uh, really sell it on them that, 
um, it's precision. Like, like you want precision practice, right? Like what if you could go out to practice every day and have 10 plays scripted for inside run and you knew every single one of those 10 plays was going to be executed. And if it wasn't executed without even having to watch film, just by watching the, the, you know, the workout, you can uh, know why it wasn't precision. Cause you know, you've got bar path data and all the different things. So you can, you can get as close to, to precision on those 10 plays as possible, but not put that in the weight room because now all of them are going to be doing exactly what they should be doing at that moment in time. And if they're not, you're going to know because you're going to see that one rep max drop or you can set, you know, I'm telling you, setting the squat depth on the node pro is gold, man, gold. If you want, you know, part of our big problem, I love to use range squats, you know, so you might use a quarter squat for, for a uh, receiver, you know, uh, when you're trying to go uh, more of a speed, you know, half squat, full squat, deep squat. Well, what happens is you start teaching those less than parallel squats. Not that I'm not a big squat depth guy, but a lot of people are. So you start teaching that less than parallel squat. They're going to revert to that even when you don't want it. So what you do is if you're working, you know, a heavier half squat, you want them to get just a shorter range of motion. You set that range of motion on there. And if, and if, if, then when you go back to your regular squats, you change that range of motion. And if they don't get to the right depth, it's not going to pick up. And at York, our football coach, I mean, we were four years in, he knew it. He knew when we're squatting, he was a big, I want parallel or below guy when we're actually squatting and front squats and back squats, front squats, not nearly the problem the back squats are, but um, you know, he would be telling them like, if you're not picking up Rex, you're not getting deep enough, you know? So it's just a great tool to make sure you're training in the right spot, doing the right things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that creates just not just a buy-in for, you know, football players, athletes, whatever, but you start to get that data and present it to a coach and then you see the numbers increase. And then I love that analogy with inside run, right? Yeah. If you knew, if you knew, you know, you're scripted 10, 11, 12 plays, whatever, and you knew every single last one of them was going to be executed at a high level, no flaws, you know, whatever. I mean, translate that to the weight room. Why is that yeah. any different? You know, they mm -hmm. are performing for that sport anyways. Why not yeah. know and have precise decisions yeah. and mm -hmm. just that's that's awesome, man. That's that's and you don't awesome. need to, you know, you you probably got tape on it or video on inside run. Not many people are videoing their whole workout in the weight room with 12 racks or 15 racks. Or if you're using a Node Pro, for example, you can go back and look at the bar pass if you want. Like, what was going on with this kid? Let's go look. You know, so it's 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 kind of like you're filming. So even if they're not optimal, without film, you can just go in and look at the guys that didn't do what they're supposed to do, and you can find out real quick. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Um, kind of wrapping up here. Yeah. So the last segment that we have here is conjugate coach spotlight. So is there anyone out there that's um, specific coach in the industry that's making an impact that you think is really making an impact out there? You know, there's so many and I'm lucky, so lucky in my job that what I do now is I talk to coaches all day long, like literally I leave for school at one o'clock. I'm over there like one to like five, but the rest of the thing I'm talking to coaches. So it's tough to narrow that down, but I'm going to throw out a name that um, I already mentioned, but I don't think he gets nearly the love for the absolute stud that he is. And that's Dan Victor up in New York. Um, he's a head football coach, but he's also just the mastermind of, of, you know, like I asked him when we were in Nebraska, I'm RPR one. It would have been more valuable for me to do RPR two square one. Uh, I named off three or four different things. And he said, the most valuable thing you can do is understand that none of those are the answer to everything. 
and that you have to take the bits and pieces of each of those things and create your own system that answers your questions that you have. And that was just kind of like mind blowing. And that sent me down this rabbit hole with him. And we've ended up becoming, we talked, I just talked to him yesterday. We chat about once a week now. Um, I got to hang out with him at Chris Corf's house, which was awesome. When we were up in Chicago, not too long ago. And uh, um, he's one that if you don't follow Dan Victor, like he is, he is, I was doing some RPR stuff for the new football staff I'm working with. They had their first staff meeting Thursday. The head coach is all in. We've known each other for a long time, but he wanted me to, he's like, Hey, do some of the RPR stuff. Show these guys. So I was doing some stuff. I think big, I can't, I wish I, it's, I just met him. They got a guy that coaches. Their, uh, I don't know if he's their D line, but he probably is like six foot five, about 275 pounds. I mean, he's just jacked up. And uh, I did a test where I had to push his arm down and then it's kind of a peripheral vision test. You know, it wasn't really RPR. It was more dance neurological stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, like you're, that's like magic. Like, and I was like, they're like, you're some, is it some kind of wizardry or something. And I said, no, no, no. And I, I do this to the kids too. When they say something like that, I'm like Luke Skywalker. And this is a, this is going to date me for sure. But Luke Skywalker, when he lands on Yoda's planet, that's me and Yoda is Dan Victor. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about the force. I know just enough to be dangerous, but Dan Victor is Yoda. And he does all this with, uh, um, um, and be, being a head football coach. So he's a unicorn in that way that he can be great at both. And his collision training that he's doing with kids, the, uh, the altitude drops and preparing their body to relax and contract and how the brain, you know, is, it's just a series of problems your brain has to solve and let's practice solving those problems. You know, I look back when I, I used to in the middle in the center of my core of belief was that barbell and strength. And then everything came off of that wheel. The spokes that came out were speed and, and over the years, I've, the barbell has become a spoke and performance is the center uh, you know, health and performance is the center. Strength is a spoke. Speed is a stroke spoke. I've added like 20, like it's a really weird looking wheel now because since I I've been, been working and talking with Dan and Chris, and I don't know Cal, but I follow everything and Tony Haller and that crowd, my spokes, gone up from like five to like 45 i've got so many spokes it's crazy and um dan victor is 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 my go-to for all of that stuff so if you're not following dan victor that's a mistake you're talking about that rpr stuff yeah uh, i'm also rpr one certified and you know i've done those tests on the kids and uh -huh. they, they think it's uh it's, it's uh just a magic whatever kind of like no yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool because like you start to like you pick out like the the biggest guy on the football team yeah. and you do it to him and uh, yeah it, you know i this last year we played a playoff game in charleston which was like four hours from home so i got my wife and, and i came i left school picked her up so i didn't ride with the team and i got down there we get caught in Charleston traffic as the kids are out there warming up and I get a my phone's buzzing, but I'm not looking at it cause I'm driving in traffic. And finally my wife picks it up and she says, it says coach so-and-so. So I answered and he says, coach, he said, where are you at? I'm like, I'm not 20 minutes out. Stuck to, he's like, he's like, coach, these guys are flipping out. He's like, my running backs are telling me that they can't, they can't put their, uh, put their helmet on until you wake up their eyes and they're, you know, like he's like, and the offensive lineman won't put their shoulder pads on because you have you need to come and you haven't done their rotational like stuff with him. He's like, what you need to get here because these guys are all flipping out because you're not here. And I I was like, I'm on, I'm on my way. My wife was like, what's that all about? And I'm like, it's this the stuff that I I do in warmups. I usually do you know at six o'clock with them, and here it is close to seven. They're freaking out. And about right before I got there, I get a phone call from a player who must have had his phone in his pants when he was warming up. And he's like, he's like, coach, my peripheral vision isn't on. You, get, you know, and I was like, I was like, Debo, anybody can turn your peripheral vision. I don't have to be there, but it's just like RPR starts off like this weird, like, and then the kids just realize 
this really helps me. And, uh, and, and it's, it, that's good stuff, but that's not even, that's like RPR one. It's crazy, but it's like the, just the tip, the tip of the sword, you know? For sure. For sure. Well, thank you, Mark, yeah. for coming on and bringing that insight to uh, BBT training and, really explaining how all that kind of uh, coexists and in, inside the weight room and, and for a sports program and everything like that, man, mm-hmm. is that was completely awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on and I'm sorry. I get so long winded that, that, you know, I caught myself at a football meeting the other night. Like the head coach asked me a question and I'm standing up in front. I realize I'm 15 minutes. I've been rolling for 15 minutes, this football meeting and the head coach is probably like, this is my meeting, dude, but, but that's just me. Hey, that's completely fine. Like, yeah. I love it when coaches go on rants and stuff like that. I mean, there's times to, there's uh, I mean, like, I'm here with my wife, and I'm I'm big into like post activation potentiation and mm-hmm. try fix the training for our kids like that. And I'll explain to her, and she's like, I don't really care. So it's nice to uh, kind of get out some of those thoughts and yeah. you know talk shop and whatever you want, however you want to call it. You know, just get some of those thoughts out and you know, just talk about what we love. So I agree, man. I agree. Well, good talking to you. You as well. And that's another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Please follow our social media platforms at Conjugate Chat Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also follow our guest, Mark Hoover, on his social medias as well. So the name is Strength, stay strong, and have a day today. <laughs>